0: 10 years ago, I went from having everything to being homeless overnight. I'm not kidding, guys. This really happened. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you what happened, how I got out of that situation and what it taught me about business. If you're trying to promote your brand but stuck finding the right words, this is the podcast for you. Get your weekly inspiration on all things storytelling, creativity, branding, and so much more. I share inspiring stories, as well as tips and tricks on how to make your words work out in the world. And if you like free stuff, I've got you covered there too. Head to therightremark.com to steal my marketing secrets. You're listening to The Right Remark Podcast. I'm going to be honest. I don't really like talking about this story. This is a big deal for me to share this today. But the thing is, I know deep down that this is a story that many people will take something away from. And it taught me so much about how to be a business owner, how to run my business, and also what are the things that are most important in life. So I'm going to just dive right in and tell you what happened. So how did I become homeless overnight? So I distinctly remember I live in Melbourne. It was The cold depths of winter. It was freezing cold. It was about four o'clock in the morning. I was fast asleep. My beautiful daughter, who was two at the time, I only had one child at that stage, was asleep in her cot in the next room. And I heard my husband get out of bed and was kind of dozing And he called out to me, he was like, Ness, quick, come here. Now we had a terrace house with a Euro laundry in the bathroom and he'd gone into the bathroom to check in the Euro laundry because he thought maybe the cat had done a wee on the ground or something. We had wooden floors and he had heard this kind of tinkling sound on the wooden floors. Now he was like, what's that crackling noise? That's really strange. So he went in to check, he opened the Euro laundry up and he saw that there was a ball of fire behind the dryer. He was like, quick, Ness, oh my God, come. There's a fire in the laundry. And so I sort of stumbled out of bed. I was asleep with no clothes on. I kind of fumbled into the Euro laundry. I'm like, what's going on, Nick? What are you talking about? It's four o'clock in the morning. He's like, stay here. He ran out to the front. He's a tradie. Thankfully, he's got a fire extinguisher on the back of his truck. He grabs the fire extinguisher. He comes back in. It's only like a tiny little small ball of fire, right? So I know it sounds pretty full on, but it was only tiny. He quickly puts it out. I was like, Oh my God. And then he goes to flick the light switch on in the bathroom and it doesn't turn on. He was like, well, that's a bit weird. So he steps out into the long hallway in the house we're living in and he tries to flick those lights on. Now in that house, uh, being Victorian style, we had like those down lights that ran all the way down the terrace hallway. He flicks the lights the lights don't turn on. And he was like, what is going on? And then he looks up in the roof. And I remember looking up at the same time as he did into the down lights. And we could just see this glowing orange coming from inside the lights, even though the lights weren't on. It was at that moment that we knew that there was a fire in the roof of our house. Nick was like, oh my God, go and get Isabella out of bed, get going quick, get out of the house, get out of the house. I panicked, which I realized looking back now, I was actually terrible in that emergency situation. I was like, oh my God, I've got no clothes on. I need to get my phone. I need my keys. Nick was just like, get Bella and get out. I ran into our bedroom, quickly threw whatever clothes on that I could find on the ground. I grabbed my car keys and then I yelled to Nick, I can't find my mobile phone. He was like, just get Bella and get out. I ran down to my daughter's nursery. I scooped my little two-year-old Bella out of her cot, grabbed her and ran out the front of the house. When I got out the front of the house, I remember distinctly looking back at the house and it was like still pitch dark in the night, but there were lights that were coming off the streetlights and I could see smoke just billowing off the top of our house. It was the most horrific moment of my life. We quickly ran and jumped into our SUV that was parked out the front of the house. I buckled her into her seat. My hands were shaking and I sat in the car waiting and waiting for my husband to come it felt like he was in the house for another 10 minutes. And in reality, he was actually probably only in there for an additional 10 seconds to me. Nick came running out, he jumped in the car, he'd found my phone, he handed it to me, and said, call the fire brigade. And then I looked and I said, Nick, what about the neighbours? Because the fire was actually licking on our neighbors' houses. So he jumps out of the car while I call the fire brigade and He starts knocking on the door of the neighbor's house, and I spoke to the fire brigade. The fire brigade came to the house, and the next thing we have six, seven fire trucks at our property and neighbors around us, and I'm holding my baby, and there's people out on the street in their dressing gowns, and I'm watching my house burn down. Now, it was at that moment that I had a couple of massive realizations. The first realization was Oh no. When we had moved house, I had forgotten to transfer the contents insurance from our previous property into the new house. So, as I was standing outside helplessly while the firefighters attempted to get into the property, they were having some issues breaking down the front door because of the heat that was coming. The fire was just ripping through the house, the roof had collapsed. They were really struggling to get inside to put the fire out. And so, I'm watching them try to do that. And I'm standing there with my baby and my husband cuddling me and I'm bawling my eyes out. And then I realize, oh my gosh, we're going to lose everything we own. The next realization that we own nothing at this point and have nothing with us apart from my mobile phone, my car keys, no ID, no money, no bank cards, no wallet, no nothing. My two-year-old decides to do a poo in her nappy. I turned to Nick and I remember so vividly just saying, oh, my God, Bella's done a poo. We don't have any nappies because we'd had forgotten to pack the nappy bag when we ran from our burning house. A woman was standing next to me who was our neighbour. Now, we didn't know each other very well at that time, but Nick had actually knocked on her door and woken her up because there was a risk that the fire was going to get into their property. And I remember her turning to me and she pulled out her wallet and she took a $50 note out and she handed it to me and she put it in my hand and she folded my hand closed. And she said, please grab yourself some nappies for your baby. There was a 7-Eleven, like two doors down. So at that moment, like I had gone from being this person that was really successful in my job. I was living in a beautiful, beautiful terrace, inner city Melbourne. I had everything. I had a beautiful husband. I had this daughter. I had a house filled with beautiful furniture. I had designer clothes to be the envy of all in my wardrobe. And all of a sudden, I was taking charity from a neighbor so I could basically change the nappy on my daughter. It was a horrendous moment. So, We went and grabbed the nappies and the ambulance arrived and the fire brigade were amazing. They managed to get the property under control, although it was significantly destroyed. The property we were living in was rented by local real estate and I remember them, they arrived at about eight o'clock. The real estate Property manager handed us a form which basically said, This property is no longer able to be lived in. It's been destroyed and you are evicted, effective immediately. We had to sign that paperwork. And I remember at that moment, I'd gone from losing everything and all of a sudden being in a situation where I'm accepting money from strangers to now also having nowhere to live. I think it wasn't until that second that I'd really processed that. We weren't going to have anywhere to live. I was kind of hoping, oh, the fire's going to get put out and, you know, maybe we'll move to a hotel for a few days and then they'll fix it and it will be fine. So we were, it's fair to say we were in a pretty significant amount of shock. We went around the corner and uh, the local cafe very generously. I think they actually had turned up at the house while we were waiting outside for the fire to be put out and they'd said, look, we own a cafe around the corner, please come and sit down and have some breakfast. And so we did that and the ambulance came and checked us over for smoke inhalation and those sorts of things. And we called my parents and my husband's parents who were living in Queensland. Most of our family was actually in Queensland at the time. And I remember the sound of my mother's voice on the phone. She just sounded so helpless. She wanted to just jump on a plane and come and help us. And thankfully, we did have some family in Melbourne that generously took us in for the night. And from there, we got ourselves a service department and we started to rebuild our life. So the reason I wanted to talk about that is that experience, you know, from going from having everything to having nothing taught me so much. In the weeks that followed from losing everything in that house fire, we had to rebuild everything. My husband and I, thankfully, we had a little bit of savings in the bank because we'd been planning to go on a holiday in the next week or so, but we didn't have a lot. We were a young family with a two-year-old and we needed to repurchase everything. We needed a new house to live in. We needed new linen, new beds, new furniture, new clothes, new pots, new pans, everything, absolutely everything that you think about that you put into a house we needed, not to mention the fact that we were also juggling a 2-year-old in amongst all of this. I distinctly remember my mother did arrive from Queensland I think a few days after the fire and she sat me down at a at the kitchen table in the service department we were temporarily staying in and I was a mess, I was bawling my eyes out and she said, "Vanessa, you need to be strong for your daughter." and she said, let's just start making some lists. Let's write down everything that you need to buy to rebuild your house and to find somewhere to live. And we're going to write down all the lists of all the things that you need. Because at that moment, the overwhelm of all the things I needed to do and needed to organize was just, it was too much for me. I couldn't process it. So I did that. I wrote lists and and I went with mom and, and Nick out to the shops and we bought what we needed and then we came back. And gradually over time, we found a new place to live, obviously, and we slowly rebuilt what we'd lost. So what did this experience teach me about business? You might be thinking, why are you talking about this? You know, This is a marketing and business podcast, but you're talking to me about homelessness. The thing is, in the weeks that followed, the community around us picked us up incredibly at the time, as I mentioned, I'd just quit a contracting job and I was about to step into a permanent gig. Now, even though I was just a meager contractor in that previous company, I'd built some solid friendships and relationships. And my previous employer, which blew my mind, put out this whole call to the local workforce, mentioning that there was a young family and that one of their workers had lost everything. And all of a sudden I had all these people contacting us offering things that would help us rebuild our life, whether it was money or furniture or linen, all these things. Now, we didn't accept some of those things. Some of them we did. But the point of that is the charity that was behind and the care and sense of community that sat behind that was absolutely life-changing for Nick and I. We were just blown away. Similarly, I had interstate friends. Um, We were originally from Queensland and we had a lot of friends and a lot of family up in Queensland that just got on the phone, that threw things in the post for us, that contacted us, that or didn't even ask us. They just pulled together toys for our daughter or clothes or hand-me-downs of books or DVDs or whatever it was. We were just inundated. It was like the community on a spiritual level wrapped their arms around us and just picked us up. It was such an amazing experience. So that experience taught me a couple of things. First and foremost, it really taught me that change is guaranteed in life. Now, you don't have to be comfortable with change. I definitely wasn't comfortable with change when I found myself in that crisis situation. But it did teach me that you had to get used to it and you had to pick yourself up and keep on going. The other thing that it taught me is to always be humble and to always be kind to others, no matter what is going on for you or what you have or what you don't have. Community is absolutely everything in life and, and in business. And giving back to others is really the most important thing of all. That experience and the connection that I have with how easy it is to be homeless overnight has driven me to want to find a charity partner and provide my time and effort on an annual basis to a homeless charity and to be able to help others. Because the thing is, as we've seen, particularly recently with coronavirus, crises do not discriminate. They can happen at any time and your whole life can change in an instant. And I think what matters there, and I remember that famous quote, people will not remember what you do, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And it's so true. And I remember so distinctly at that time, how incredible the community was in terms of their charity and their care and picking us up. And I absolutely remember how those people made me feel. And it just warms my heart even to this day to think about that. The other thing that that experience really taught me is that, you know what, money is not everything. And you know, I know a lot of us say this and but often we don't really practice what we preach, you know. And don't get me wrong, I am a materialistic person. I love the good things in life. I love to have beautiful clothes and dine in nice restaurants, drink in fancy bars and do all those things. But that experience taught me when all of a sudden you don't have anything anymore, money is not the be-all and end-all. And the things that are going to get you through when the going gets tough are determination and drive. In those weeks that came after that, there were so many things to organize. There were so many things to buy. And as I mentioned, I had this little two-year-old that I couldn't just fall in a heap and ball my eyes out and curl up in bed and put the covers over my head and pretend that we weren't in the situation we were in. I had to keep going. And so that experience is something that has really taught me determination and drive. And I've carried it through to my business today. If I put my mind to something, I make sure that I get it done. If it's important to me, I will be able to keep on keeping on. And that experience taught me so much about that. The other thing that the experience taught me, I think I mentioned at the beginning when I was telling you about the fire, you know, uh-oh, we forgot to transfer our contents insurance like anyone, I, you know it can be really easy to make those silly mistakes. And I'm going to declare right now, I'm terrible at admin, both life admin and business admin. It's not my forte. It's not my strength, but it's something that I've really had to get better at, especially being a business owner and a small business owner. When I was starting out, I didn't have anyone helping me. And that experience taught me that you really do have to plan in business for the worst and also make sure you've got a contingency plan. So you can expect the best. And this isn't about being negative or thinking in a negative mindset that things aren't going to go the way that you want them to or that you know everything's going to fall away tomorrow. But the reality is bad things can happen and they can happen to good people. So in my instance, that has meant making sure for starters, I've got my contents insurance and all my insurances sorted in life from a business perspective now i really make sure that i have got the backup plan i've got contingency i've got savings in the bank for a rainy day and i also always have a fallback option now that's not to say that if you're setting up a business or you're running a business that you shouldn't throw your feet all in and take those bold risks because i think with risk comes reward and you know that old saying no guts no glory it's absolutely true but you do have to make sure that you've got a backup plan because things can happen so look I hope you found that story of use. It's a big deal for me to share it. It's something that, you know, today I don't talk about a lot. I still get emotional about it. In the weeks, the months, the years that followed from that, there were so many moments where I was like, "Oh, hey, where's that? You know, let's go on that camping trip. Where's where where is our tent?" Oh, that's right. We lost that in the house fire. Or, "Hey, you know, where's that favorite jacket or this or that?" And I'd remember, "Oh, dear. We lost that in the house fire." And you know, at the end of the day, The material stuff, yes, it's sad um, that we lost those things. But what was most important above all else is that we had our health, we had each other and that we were safe and we stuck together through those tough times. So I hope that you have found this story of interest and I hope that it gives you something to think about as well in terms of what might you be able to take away from that experience in your own business? Is there some practical things that you can do to make your business a little bit more protected if it does go through the tough times? And now's a really good time to be looking at those things. Or also, what are some things you can do to incorporate a little bit more charity or community into your business? I hope you like this episode. If you do, please make sure you head on over to Instagram at the right remark and hit me up via a DM or, or throw me a comment. Let me know what you think about this episode and whether it's resonated with you. Now, if you haven't already, I'd love for you guys to subscribe as well on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode, which is released every Tuesday. Don't forget also, if you do love this episode, leave a rating and review. Thanks, guys.